Episode number 105. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready? I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt. You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. Where we get together once a week over coffee to talk about the big questions of life. Let's get into the show. So here we go. Another episode. Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. Hello, hello. How are you doing this week? I'm good. I'm just enjoying listening to you uh, tell me about how you were eating bugs this week. Yeah, on social media I posted my uh, bag of bugs. And you paid money for bugs. Well, yes. And it was an act of protest, you know, because that was my... I'm not a big um, activist type, but that was my (laughs) act of protest. And it was that whole sort of vegan thing. It's Um, like the nonviolent protest of here. Because sometimes when we have the family get-togethers and my brother-in-law is a vegan, but he tries, they try and you have to have one vegan meal during that. So I thought, okay, well, this time around, this year, um, we're going to have a... Our dessert is going to be an insect-based dessert because, you know, I like insects and eating them. <laughs> and so that was the that I was said, the I said, I'm not coming to dinner, Clay. I'm not coming to dinner when you feed people insects. Uh, you were that, bag, that bag looked gross, man. They and were, I eat most things. I were, love food. They were actually pretty tasty. All right. Yeah, no, no, they, they were... They, I'm just going to trust you on that one. I think it's the idea it to you. of eating insects more than it is the actual taste of them because they actually taste pretty good. All right. <laughs> you'll, you'll believe me. Okay, so. Right. Yeah, so, so this week we are um, going to delve into, we're going to use films as a basis for the podcast today or our exploration. And actually, as I was, um, so I had a couple of different revelations um, and one of them is you can actually learn a lot from movies. Oh yeah, you know uh, uh, it gets it gets a bad rap as being like a some kind of a mindless activity, and you sit. Oh, what was that book you were reading about? Pop, pop cultures making us smarter. Yeah, um, right. And that was a focus on le- probably less movies, but movies was in there. But it was definitely a, a look at relook at television. That one was right. Okay. Um, which again, as we were or as I was doing research for this show. Something, another article that I came across again was reiterating how television and its sophistication now, what things like Breaking Bad, um, Better Call Saul, those kind of films, The Sopranos, that the, those television shows are the new novels. Right. Um, and there's arguments for both sides, but because of the, the character arc and the, yeah, yeah. the sort of piece of it, that it's... I think it's just all sort of, for me, under the category of story and how story can help us explore questions that we have about our life and our existence Mm. and stuff. I mean, obviously, there's plenty of, like, just escapist stories. Mm. But for the stories that sort of stick with you, and there's plenty of stories now coming out about um, what makes us human and AI and all that kind of stuff. But it's the same kind of questions we've been asking forever. What's love? What does it mean to be human? Um, And you're right, and it's about... And that was my conclusion that it's it's, it's it is just story because we're storytelling animals, yeah. And that's how we learn. That's how we learn about ourselves. Is through and I think we sort of that's our means also of sort of projecting into the future, like what would happen if, mm. and we sort of play it out. Yeah. So it's yeah. like an imagination, and mm-hmm. you play out stories in your head for that very same thing to what would happen if I did this kind of thing. So, um, so that was that was one of my revelations about movies, and and because it's interesting to watch a movie. Like, watch it. You sit down for the two hours and you disappear into the movie. Um, and then there's another thing, like, what I've, when I was going through, because I've seen this movie before. We're going to be looking at her and Ex Machina. Um, and, and Westworld. And Westworld. Yeah, which is more of a television season. Yeah, series. and I've, I've seen it before. So this time around, I was listening to it with the pause button, so kind of taking in the words and the scenes. And so it, it took me a, a lot longer to watch, but I was, I was, I was watching not to get lost in the story, but watching to understand the story mm-hmm. um, and the points that were being made, which was quite interesting um, doing that and seeing, yeah, that was, it was good. I had, it's I had funny because, you know, when I was in high school and doing all my sort of lit stuff that I then knew I had to take exams on, mm. I remember, you know, I, I, after I graduated, I had this really horrible moment of realizing that it was difficult to read a book without a pen in my hand. Okay. You know, because I had been so used to just reading for study 
And I really wanted to break out of that. But actually, you know, having so many, so many years now where that's not been the case, to actually go back to watching a film or, or reading a book with, you know, a pen in hand yeah, and taking. But it's sort of like now you're you sort of you're free to notice what you want, not what you think the examiner is going to want. So. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Cool. You're free to um, follow your whims, as in what free association that comes after seeing that bit. And you know, I know several of the scenes in the very beginning of uh, the Ex Machina was just reminded me of several books that I've read over the years. So it was neat to see those kinds of connections. And the other thing about films is, um, if you study filmmaking, that nothing in a film is extraneous. Everything has a meaning. Yeah. So, you know, as, as I was watching, I was also paying attention to what's in the background. Yeah. So, like, the time on the clock and what that might be a reference to, what the characters' names are right. and where that might click to. Um, so, like, one of the things in this Ex Machina movie is the Blue Book. Okay, so before we dive yeah. into the film, give us a sort of synopsis of uh, that film. Yeah, so... That film um, is essentially, uh, it's one of these psychological thr thrillers. It's by Alex Garland. Who wrote uh, The Beach? Did he write it? The Beach, is he? I know I he's know. done 28 Days Later and um, Sunshine. Okay. Um, I thought he was the author of The Beach. I don't know. Could you be. You know, that, that yeah, got yeah. made into Leonardo DiCaprio's thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, cool. Yeah, okay, so, yeah. And, I, and I, I might be making that up. Sorry, I have guys. no idea. <laughs> His credentials here is 28 days later. So saying um, IMDb. Um, so it's, it's a vision of a not-too-distant future of artificial intelligence. So basically the main character um, has his mountain retreat. He's, um, he's a gifted internet billionaire. And he's, trying to, well, he's, he's been experimenting and testing artificial intelligence trying to get it to that space like many movies before that as when does artificial intelligence switch from just you know the machine being very clever to actually having consciousness um, and he's built an AI that he thinks is conscious and so the film then explores whether or not this so, so in, space. in the story he, mm. he threw this other guy's internet search Profile, he gets chosen to be the one to test this AI by yeah. coming to this mountain retreat. So it's like you have the the sort of creator character, you have the artificial intelligence character who's a woman, ostensibly, well, there's or a machine in a, a form that looks like a woman, and then you have this other character that's been brought into that scenario that is supposedly they are to test the AI's level of consciousness. Yeah. And actually it starts to play out in a bit of a weird way. Is that right? That it's sort of you, you then as a as the, as the audience don't start to not know whether the AI is really a victim being held and if, if she's conscious and if she's not being allowed to be free, then what does that mean? Yeah. And so you're getting pulled in to that possibility. But you're also getting pulled into the possibility that the AI is actually a lot smarter than this human guy and is manipulating him and his emotions. Yeah, I and think then it's, it, it's, it's actually a... So, so just well, before we continue... Um, we'll say it might be spoilers in this. So right, if yeah. You haven't, if you haven't seen either one of these films that we're going to talk about, then you might want to go watch the film first and then come back because... There might not be too many spoilers, to be honest, be, though. This is but just... I'm not going to scream myself from yeah, fine. saying, go. oh, that might be a spoiler because it'll just come out of my mouth. <laughs> go, go. So, yeah, so, yeah, so definitely watch it if you haven't seen it, if you don't want spoilers because there will definitely be spoilers here because um, we're already spoiling it for you if you haven't seen it. Um, but, yes, I think as the film transpires, and there's a, n a number of different references here that... That is actually turns out that that middle character is just is just a pawn. It's actually the movie is about right. the the um, um, uh, just, just forgot his name now. And um, the main character, the um, creator guy, the creator guy. I'll tell you his name in a second because um, I think the name's important as well. So um, the creator guy 
Um, oh, come on. I, got some, I actually have some. Nathan. So Nathan's the creator guy. He's the, the, the billionaire creator. And then you've got Caleb. And then you've got Ava. Who's the AI. Who's the AI. Now, if we're talking about, as I was mentioning before, about thinking about the different um, symbolisms in the film, if you think about Ava replace that and it becomes Eve. So mm-hmm. we're thinking about the whole creation story and creating life. Um, you got Caleb, again, another Old Testament um, reference. It's a reference to a spy being sent in to see what I'm doing. Um, and then you've got Nathan, another biblical name. Um, and he was a prophet. All so right. if you think about some of the dynamics that happened in the film, this what? guy, this billionaire guy is trying to be a, well, he is ahead of everyone else almost a, a prophet in our time in relationship between AI and consciousness right and there's a point in the movie where he says it isn't it was never a question of if we could make consciousness it was more a question of when and he was just ahead of that that kind of curve so in that film though yeah. basically am I understanding it right that um it becomes apparent that, like you said, this Caleb is sort of a pawn. Yeah. And at the beginning, they say something about how you don't test chess a AI chess yeah. system by playing chess. Yeah, absolutely. You test them in other ways, and so there, therefore, basically, this is this whole foreshadowing too. Yeah. You're not testing an AI in a straightforward way. You're you're testing them. Around so that's the, the big, way, and so is the this big like realization that we come back to the and the so yes, at some point in the film you'll have that realization that actually there this is, is a potentially connection. a yeah. chess game yeah. being played, and, it, but it's all in the field of emotions. Like, can I manipulate this human's emotions to do what I want him to do? Yeah, is that right? Uh, it, it's, it's, and, and if people, if you've seen um, Blade Runner. Yeah. And there's this idea of the Turing test. This is what the, basically the whole of the movie is this Turing test being played out. Well, so what is the Turing so test? So the Turing test, um, if you remember back from Philip K. Dick, is it's, it's a test whether a machine is actually conscious or is it just a simulation. Um, and so the Turing test, if you remember from Blade Runner, they developed a way of second... Whether because they were saying that robots couldn't simulate empathy, so the Turing test that they had forced they they were registering. So they would play a series of a lot of of images to register the AI's reaction to those and to look for empathy. And if that empathy empathy didn't show, then you knew you had a machine because otherwise it was hard to tell on any daily interaction where you're interacting with a machine or not because that's how sophisticated they were. So, in essence, as we make our way through the film, we realize that Nathan has created his Turing test. And why I'm saying that Caleb is a pawn is because Caleb is actually the test. And this game, as it turns out to be a chess game, is between Ava and Nathan... Right. And they're both trying to outsmart each other, basically. And poor Caleb is just the pawn in the middle that right. he didn't realize he was a pawn until the right. very end. Now, this is a big spoiler. The very end, he realizes right. <laughs> that he was just completely a pawn in, in this right. game. And, uh, yeah, so it's interesting in that. So just a couple of things. Um, and I know we're probably will be all over the place, but that's fine. Some of the questions that... I got in the very beginning, I think, is, and this is what we're going to be talking about today, is um, almost what is consciousness, isn't it? Because all these AI yeah. films seem to be about, in these robot films where you get these super AIs, is at what point does the machine stop being an AI and be some new being because it now has yeah. consciousness? So for me, that raised the question of two things. What is consciousness and then what, it, what does it mean to be a human or human being? And I remember when I was doing my master's in philosophy, the very first essay was what does it mean to be a person? And so we had to prove yep. that what, you know, yeah, you had to answer that question of what is a, a, a person. Um, 
which you can get down a number of different rabbit holes on that one because you start thinking about choice, you start thinking about things like, um, you know, feelings, memories, those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah, which, you know... I think what what I find interesting about all of so there's three sort of things that we're looking at today mm. in terms of different stories and different approaches to the this which is this basically concept, the, yeah, yeah basically a question of questions. Yeah. So you have this ex machina and then you have um, this film Her that has Joaquin Phoenix in it, which is um, basically about a guy it. it about a guy who falls in love with his operating system. So at the beginning of the film, you have this guy who um, has gone through a massive breakup and is really like, you can tell he's quite a nice person and his job is to write letters for people. So really, he's very in touch with his emotions in that sense. He can sort of say, he's very insightful. And yet, he's sort of really... In, his, in the rest of his life, he's sort of really lonely. And he comes across this advertisement that says it's not just... And the, the advert for the operating system is, it's not just an operating system, it's consciousness. That's what yeah. that sort of thing is. And so he buys this and sets it up and is immediately in the first conversation surprised at how lifelike... And I think we, like as an audience member of this story you are also quite surprised that it's we're so used to at this stage in our interaction with AI being like this is, you know, even Alexa and stuff. It's like, oh, yeah. it's very clear that it's a robot voice. Whereas this AI system is very... And can I say yeah. that that's no longer true anymore? I don't know. Yeah. If, did you watch Google's presentation for their... Um, yeah, I've heard about all this. Did yeah, you see yeah, it? yeah. yeah, yeah. Was it. Did you watch it? Did no, you see no. It? You've got to watch it. Okay, we'll have to well, put yeah. it in the show notes. Because their AI called and made an appointment for the person, but you couldn't tell right. that she was like, it sounded like her assistant. It's like, I'm calling to make a hair appointment for whoever. And then they start having a conversation. And they were like, oh, we're all booked up. And then the AI is like, well, do you have something for? And if, 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 Google hadn't said this is an AI, you would have just thought it was two people but talking I, to each other. But yeah. I think that, that you know this yeah. sort of takes it up to a level we haven't experienced yet, which yeah. is like a chat of about emotions and about feelings and the the operating system who calls herself Samantha. She basically names herself. Yeah. Um, can I, can I ask slowly, you this? Do you remember yeah. the questions that they were asking? Uh, what's Joachim's character name? Yeah, in that yeah. One? So they asked him. So at the beginning, they yeah. wanted to make an operating system that sort of fit with him. Yeah. So they asked him um, something about. Uh, do you feel confident? Do you feel uncomfortable, or or do you feel like you can? There was a series. There of was questions. something. There was basically a yeah. question. I'm, I am forgetting because he mm. then sort of stumbled a bit on his words and she said well you sound hesitant and he's like oh do I sound hesitant and then they move on it's mm. like well that that it tells you something about that person's thing and then the other question they asked is what was your relationship with your mother like yeah because it, I think the reason I'm asking that question and Theodore is his name in, in the movie the main character in her is I think that's a reflective of because we're trying to answer this question one what is consciousness what does it mean to be a person so I think those questions our reflection back. So what is it? So to ask you, what is your relationship with your mother? What does that say about a human being? I guess is where I'm getting yeah. at. So I think reflectively looking at those questions gives us an insight, perhaps, to what makes us who we are, person-wise. Because they have the same scenario happens um, in Ex Machina as well. Although she's trying to see whether he's He's lying, but she does have a series of questions to get to. Und- so basically, it was you know the setup saying here, who are you? If we put it in that sense, and there was a series of questions that she asked to get to know who he is, but she can detect whether he's lying or not. And, and was it simple ones like what's your favorite color, all the way to what's your earliest memory, and that sort of right. sort of get a feel yeah. for. Um, and I, and the link to me for that is this, and this is another one of my revelations that I have, and I, you know, we talked about William S. Burroughs last week, I think, or the week before, mm-hmm. but he wrote a book called The Soft Machine, 
um, and which is essentially, and I know Jonathan's listened to, I posted that conscious robot thing, which I think is going along the same sort of thing, is that um, from birth, there's a series of programs that were happening. They reference it here in um, Ex Machina as well, that all these external stimuli and experiences that you're getting exposed to, your conscious mind isn't aware, but your subconscious mind is there, and it's assimilating these things that yeah. you are no longer aware of, but those are the things that drive your behavior. So right. they have that discussion, Nathan and Caleb, about actually, you didn't make a choice at all. Right. You are a product of your, of your programming. And he's, Nathan's challenging Caleb to be able to step out of his automatic reactions based off of all this program. He wants him to actually truly think. And we'll come back to that because they do reference Jackson Pollock and some other things in there that I thought was interesting in terms of all our automatic responses that we are no longer aware of because we weren't paying attention to the inputs that went into that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, so it well like just in in sort of reaction to that what I what I found sort of interesting in her is that from that moment when she asks him some questions and then she basically starts to learn more not only about him but about her hmm. self and she starts to have feelings so she gets to this point where she says, I have this terrible thought. Are these feelings even real? Are they, or are they just programming and not feeling really hurt? And this is what she's saying hmm. to, um, oh, what's his face? Anyway, it doesn't matter. The main, main guy. It doesn't uh, matter to Theodore. Theodore, yeah. <laughs> so basically, he, uh, you know, it's sort of by then in the story, I think you're really, you're used to hearing her talk. She laughs, she makes jokes, she reacts, she teases him. And, you know, there, there's a real sort of step level change between the way that we are interacting at this point right now with Alexa and like what that See, I don't think so. Like. I think you, uh, you do, some, do some more into your... Like I've been working I'm not, on I'm bots. Not saying, yeah, I'm yeah, not saying what, yeah. but I'm saying what most people's experience right now is. Most people, yeah. their experience is of much more automated thing. Whereas I think I this, this is, is this is the insidious bit. Some of the things that you're interacting with, you actually don't realize you're interacting with a bot. I think we've reached a level of sophistication where you actually don't know that you're. There's a lot of programs out there. There's a lot of calls you've been making. There's a lot of interactions you've been okay, having. Okay, but like, well, you don't Clay, know you're not you're, having a conversation about emotions yet with robots. Like, you're not. Not yet. Well, you, in some cases you are, but not as sophisticated as, 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 as... So when you say emotions, what do you mean by just anger and things like that? Like, so far we've... So far, and this is the thing about the Turing test is do you know that you're talking to an AI? And that's, yeah. that's where I'm getting at. And, and this, has, is, this, is, this, is, this is the question in yeah. all of these films, isn't it? So and in Westworld as well. And it's yeah. less about, it, it is emotion plays into it, but the big question is can you tell that you're talking to a robot? Yeah. And you know, depending on the programming, in a lot of the cases you can't tell. So the, but then that's why you have to design this test. So how can I pull out something that signifies that actually this must be a robot that I'm talking to. I'm just yeah. saying in our lives right now, yeah. as we're living them, we're not really talking. I mean, we might be online chatting with something on Facebook that we maybe can't discern is a bot yeah. at first, but we're not having a like verbal conversation that is with teasing and jokes and emotions, soon. but I'm saying like not yet. Seconds. Well, that's fine, but but <laughs> I think the there. point is that when you're watching this film, yeah. it is like a bit of a reckoning with what our future might be like. But I think it's also it is a big like you get pulled in to Theodore's experience because you are also surprised in that first conversation about how funny she is mm. and you are surprised at what she is like that she's not just and, and a, you, so you're basing you this know, just solely on voice then so not the interactions so 
the interactions that, so you're going off so the human bit for you is the conversation as in the voice not conversation as in I'm having an interaction with like you and I communicate a lot on messenger no I'm just I'm just I'm sticking with the story at the moment I'm saying yeah. like in that story I think what's quite I think you get pulled in as well and that's the power of of the story mm-hmm. of her is that you get pulled into this question of is she then conscious because actually to have that feeling like when she says I had this really horrible feeling that what if my feelings aren't real and then by that point in the story you really like her well, let me ask and, you this question and so that how that do you know really, that your feelings are real well exactly this is the and then that question comes back to you doesn't it that's mm. the sort of moment in the story where you go she has a feeling that's of fear that this isn't real and what's what's the difference and I think that's the whole power of both of these stories is like you get to a moment of sophistication where because you can't tell you have to start questioning your own stuff does that make sense like you know because you can't because there's no discernible way to tell whether this is the big piece for me I think here on the podcast is how are we how are we answering that question then yeah. So how do we yeah. know when we say feelings? Is that what makes us human because we have feelings? Are there other animals or things that have feelings? I don't know. Um, and then what do we, we do know that a little bit? Do I we, mean, do they do have? Well, then does that make them human? So where's where's yeah. the thing that? And yeah. that's the exploration is where's yeah. the, you know, so you're what interacting I, with this bot and it says it has feelings, but does that mean it has feelings? So what, that question that she's yeah. asked, yeah, um, that doesn't. To me, it doesn't mean anything because my experience with bots is you, if you program it to listen to language and it'll ask, it can have that same reaction, but just because she asked a question or says the statement that it hurt my feelings, I'm not so sure that that's enough, as in, so anybody could say you hurt my feelings, but what does that mean? She wasn't saying you hurt my feelings. She was saying, I had a thought that everything that I'm thinking isn't real. It's yeah. been programmed, and that scared me. Yes. And I think and that's that... that's a thought that I've had as that's a right. human. That's right. Not just today, yes. but when the reason why I totally. like philosophy is yes. I've had that same question, and exactly. I'm still not Exactly, and then convinced. that question <laughs> comes into your own mind, like yeah. how much of this... Mm. I think one of the things that is really... Um, you know, she says something else about a bit later about how she she catches. He says something that hurts her feelings, mm. and she says later to him in reflection, because she doesn't tell him it hurt her feelings at the time. You said something that hurt my feelings, and I found myself later replaying that that conversation over and over and over in my head, and thinking a lot about it. And then I realized it was just a memory, a story. There's, and there's all these stories we tell ourselves. And it was just, it's just a story we're playing out. And like, for me, that's what's really interesting as a, again, a, a reflection back on us, because anyone who's done any kind of work in, or attempted meditation at all, or, or not even, you know, there's plenty of, of sort of ways of thinking about the fact that so much of what how we react is just a story that we're telling ourselves and we don't really know if our story is even close to the other story of the other person in that situation or whatever so i think mm. yeah all of these things i think are quite they, they sort of start as soon as you reach the ai level where you they start coming back at you with these questions it forces you to not only ask them about AI, but to ask them about humans. Yeah, and, and the, the, the journey here is how are, yeah, so, yeah, it is that what is going to constitute consciousness. Like, like, I don't even think we know. So in terms of humans are trying to figure out who yeah. we really are and what, yeah. what's that spark, what's that thing. Um, and what we've are able to program these machines now to a level of sophistication that they can simulate all of those. They can simulate emotions. They can simulate 
having these reactions or having But memories. then at some point, like, what is the difference between simulation and learning? Exactly. But they can yeah. learn as well. That's this whole machine yeah, learning, which, exactly. is this, which is what's making the super AIs, you know, crazy yeah. and perhaps potentially dangerous is that, that now the machine can learn. So now it isn't just that I program you and I'm at the limits of the programmer's yeah. ability. Now the machines have the ability to learn. And I guess this is the thing that perhaps is leading us to the track that as it's these machines are learning at what point will they become conscious things because they're able to learn a lot faster than we are Um, I think there's that there's that difference though in the way that these two stories are sort of relate humans to AI so it seems like in ex machina that there's a sort of sinister nature to the fact that it's it's sort of showing the audience of the story how much you can be manipulated by an AI that is much more like sophisticated and smart than you are necessarily. Or human, for that matter. Yeah, or human. Yeah. But I think we're sort of used to the idea that a human can ma- manipulate us, but to think that an AI could manipulate you in the ways that she does, using her, like, her body as a sexual sort of thing, using all these different kinds of emotions, that becomes, that feels quite sinister. But in her, it's much more sort of, like, fluffy. You know, it's like these operating systems have really lovely relationships with their sort of humans. So you see... Um, you know, the main character's relationship. And he eventually calls her his girlfriend. And there's mm. this this whole thing about, like, sort of in the way that you would have to come out as gay or bisexual or, or trans or whatever. There's this coming out moment of I'm dating an operating system. This girlfriend that I keep talking about is not a human. She's an operating system. And then there are different reactions to that. But eventually, the AI, the, the sort of operating systems start learning and changing and moving way beyond, like you said, what the programmers had put there. And they move way beyond their humans. So they become very, very different after some time. So you sort of, you see the whole evolution of Samantha where she just starts out learning about humans. And then actually... But how is that any different from a baby learning how to be a human? Yeah, yeah, no, Hmm. it's not. But I think then, but then the sort of sinisterness of ex machina is not there in her you know that sort of it's like the operating systems just outgrow their humans until which until until until, because they do go off in the end don't they they go off in the end but there's no like there's just like the the emotion that you're given in that story is just one of like sadness Hmm. that these people have lost like one girl lost her best friend and this other guy has lost his girlfriend and there's a really lovely sort of parting that, that feels very much like a breakup of two, what we would you know, think of as two humans, where it's like, I'm really sorry this and isn't working what, out I anymore. What, what her explores is, for me, what is almost a love-in. I think the question that I came away with that one, and you're right, I think it only explores one dimension of humanity, which is how do you share life with someone? Yeah. And this idea of, you know... Is it possible? And, and I always think about this in online dating as well, because essentially you got yeah. the same process happening. I don't actually There's see There's no a physical you. body yeah. there. Yeah. And how you're learning about me is essentially through a series of questions and answers and this exploration. And then it becomes a question, am I falling in love with the person, the answers that I'm receiving, or am I actually falling in love with the person? Yeah, and or and so do, and we transfer that onto the person. Well, that person has written it, so it must they must be true to the things that they presented to me. And and I know, yeah. So yeah. So what's happening, I think, in her is exploring that relationship of is it possible to love a machine, and then what does that mean for us in terms of what what is this bonding between humans, and what's it kind of built off of yeah 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 Yeah. so there's definitely like there's different parts in her where um you know he sort of tells this human friend of his that he's dating this operating system and he doesn't know whether 
his feelings about her are real. Like, is the relationship, is it a real relationship? Is it? And she's like, well, isn't it real? I mean, do you think, does it feel real to you? And he's, you know, and it's sort of, they have that kind of conversation that it's like, and then you sort of have to reflect, like, if my, if my feelings are directed towards something different, like, you know, you think about people who have really strong feelings about their pets, Hmm. you know, compared to other people just treat their pets as pets, whereas some people really like feel like they're they're, they're children (laughs) or, you know, like, so then, you know, what is the, is your emotion if it's towards a sort of entity, a conscious, potentially conscious entity, but that doesn't, is not embodied. What if you reverse this? Are those, are your feelings real? What if you reverse it and it's actually not so much about AI, but a realization that we are machines as well? Yeah. 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 It's like, it's like, you know, we have this whole thing about these machines becoming conscious, but is the actual awakening us awakening to the fact that we are a, a conscious robot? already yeah maybe we'll take a break there and uh, come back thanks for listening to the podcast we really enjoyed bringing you the episodes over the past two years our goal for 2018 is to grow our audience our community of contemplators like you and we would really appreciate your help with this now there's a few things that you as a listener can do that are pretty easy and simple that will really help us out a lot so if you enjoy the podcast and want it to continue it would be great if you could share it with a few friends who you think might enjoy listening Um, going to iTunes and giving us a review so that it boosts us in the algorithms and it can come across other people who might enjoy it and if you'd like to financially support the podcast you can go to the contribution section of our website Thanks, and back to the show. All right. Um, Just sort of on the back of the our emotions real, I think the yeah. other thing that struck me about her is that the main character's job is to write letters for mm. people. And so he's, you see him quite a lot sitting at the desk sort of composing letters based on information that somebody has sent them that's anything from you know, to a grandparent, to a, you know, husband of 50 years, to whatever. And it's sort of, I think, as you're, you're watching the, our emotions reel between this guy and the operating system, it also makes you reflect back on, are the emotions real just because they don't come from the person who is trying to express them? Like, if you can't express emotions well in a letter... And so you hire this company to say, write my wife a great, you know, letter for our 50th wedding anniversary or our, you know, or to my grandchild for Hmm. whatever, whatever. Are those emotions real? And is, and is he, and he gets accused by his ex-wife of not wanting to ever deal in real emotions, but it's sort of like what, are real emotions and say, that's what I, that's are those the, yeah, real and, and yeah. is he he's sort of expressing emotions but they're not his emotions so there's that side of the coin of it's it feels easier to deal in emotions that you aren't like totally connected with even though you can express and in the same way that an AI can express emotions very convincingly but it's easier for him to do that in letters because they're not actually his. But and, this is and, the thing for know, me with emotions, though. Are emotions themselves just a construct of something else? So are they... They're real in the sense that the mind makes them real, but as we can see here, they're easy to simulate, they're easy to manipulate. So what, well, what is the function of an emotion in a human being? What is the function of emotion? Because this, will, this points back to me to that book, The Red Queen, and the idea that actually we're just we are automatons and we are a subject of our genes and the genes have created the emotions as a way for the genes to control us to do stuff like love and we'll do lots of things for love we'll rape pillage kill because of this thing called emotion called love but then when you look at it what actually is this 
Um, and what the book in the Red Cream is drawing at is the fact that if the life or evolution of life is the procreation of life of that species, it has to adapt and overcome or otherwise it becomes extinct. So love is a way to control us through this emotion because it's very powerful. It's, you know, if we look yeah. at, if we look at um, uh, ex machina, it's love that is the emotion that both um, Nathan and Ava are manipulating within Caleb to make him do something that he otherwise wouldn't have done because he, you know, they have the question she asks him, are you a good person? Um, and he says, you know, more or less, he is a good person. You mentioned about inputs from the Google search. One of the things that Nathan was able to um, pull about um, Caleb's profile is that he's basically a good person. He didn't have a family. His, his, his mother, and mother and father had died. He lived alone. He was single. But, you know, through his composite that Nathan's put together based off of how he uses or interacts with the internet that he's basically a good person so that's what he was looking for and so we're you know it's this gene the genes have these things called emotions those emotions manipulate us to guide our behavior so I guess it's that question of what we're saying is the emotion real is the emotions real in all sorts of senses or is it just all different kinds of emotions and is, is it just a way to 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 guide our behavior so fear so that you don't yeah. again if we're talking about procreation and survival right so we have fear so that you don't do things that would end your life prematurely and they say we're only born with two fears and that's the fear of loud noises and the fear of falling down type thing and every other one is learned um so is it just a clever the clever programming. Well, it was clever programming, isn't it? It's like, oh, we got to make this thing, so it's got to make more humans, and we don't want it to self-destruct and kill itself, so I've got to create these other emotions to make it do something. How do I make it do something? Yeah, so, so there's that, and then there's sort of, if you subscribe to the idea that there's a sort of distinction between consciousness and form, mm. and therefore... It doesn't matter whether the human rate, you know, the human species continues or not on a greater consciousness level. What are the consciousness have, have is we ever just designed consciousness or defined consciousness. What's consciousness to you? What does that actually mean? Well, I think that that's the sort of big question that this explores in general, and I don't think we necessarily know, but I think it's. Um, I think what what I, sorry it's so sort of in the middle of of what I was thinking is just that the whole idea of emotions and thinking and the mind is actually a layer if you think about if if you're in a different sort of approach to all of this stuff like you are in an approach that believes in um, you know rebirth in rebirth in different forms and potentially like you know moving into a place where space and time isn't necessarily how we perceive it now, then you're sort of dealing in a whole different set of things. And then that gene conversation is not as relevant. It's not that it doesn't happen, but that things aren't, that's not the end of the story, I guess. The the Darwin evolution thing is not the end of the story. That's your main point that I was just going to point out, story. And I think all those other things, everything else that we do, is, and back to your AI question, those are all just stories that we tell each other, tell ourselves. Whatever, all the things you just said are just is a story. We have a story of a creation. We've got a story of a belief around Zen. We have a story of Buddhism. We have a story of Christianity. But they are all, or a story of reincarnation, but they're exactly that, this there's stories. There's no well, necessarily any there, substance there's, to there's it. There's stories as far as I'm concerned mm. and you're concerned, but I'm not going to presume to know what other people actually know. Like, I'm not going to say that there aren't people who have experienced rebirth. Well, if Like, if, I haven't if, in my conscience. Like, I, yeah. can't rem- I can't say, oh, I remember a past life or something, so that's a real thing for me. Yes, it, you're right. It is a story yeah. in my head. And but a story I'm not, in their head, perhaps. Perhaps, but yeah. perhaps not. And we actually can't know what they know. 
That's so the, and that's we a limitation of also, us. We can't know. And we, we can't know whether they're human then in that instance as well. Well, they're in a human form at this point. Does it make them human? Which is again another no. which is another philosophical experiment is as an I can never just as you said, I can never know another person because I can't actually be you. So right. there's a there's a thought experiment about whether it's a humans or a robot or some kind of alien, human or alien. You look like a human, you talk like a human, you but I can't hear your thoughts and I don't know what your experience are. So you could in that sense be an alien, but how would I how would I know the difference unless I became you? And it's the same, that's what you're saying here. So yeah. how, I can't discount your story that you've been reincarnated. I guess, I guess where I'm coming with that is not just to throw out some sort of philosophical, like, potential maybe, but that, it, that there are emotions that are linked to our survival, and there are emotions that can be seen as something beyond just procreation. So our sense of love and connection with people can be interpreted as part of a consciousness of like understanding but listen to and, language and, and oneness and this is this is well, why i'm bound yeah. in language exactly. i can't i so can't for me that's just another that's just another story that's just another version of the story as in love goes beyond this and there's this other consciousness because that's so, you know, stories help us to try and make sense of our world around us. And that's another layer of trying to make sense of the world around us. Because there was a time in our history, the Greeks and the Romans, where they had gods to explain the thunder. And that thunder god was just as real as what you're explaining to me now for them, as in, I don't know what this thing is, so here's a story of what thunder is and this God that does it and here's his Well, I mean, backstory. once you start moving into yeah. this kind of argumentation, then every single thing is a story and we don't know anything. We don't. So, yeah. yeah so so that's, that's fine. But that's that, then that, that doesn't... That's that doesn't, back to my book that I've been reading here that everything is... Nothing is real and everything's permitted. Right. So we don't if, actually really know. If that's the case, then the gene argument is no more or less well. real yeah. than uh, so yeah. then I I'm can not. put my thing out there yeah. and it's, 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 exactly so that yeah, is so. just a that's another version of the story I guess our ultimate conclusion is that we actually really would never really are going to know until, that's a story until um, yeah and that's just, and the whole thing is you kind of what was I saying I was there something else it's like you just kind of get wrapped into that that sort of space because you can't come out of it because we're bound by language and time back into our and again you can say that's the story for everything you're bound by language only when you're trying to communicate what your experience is to someone else yeah and you're not bound by language in your own experience how are you i see i don't know because i don't know what's going in your head so do you have thoughts in your head like you can experience something that's difficult to put into words and we've all had that yeah, haven't we but the experience like you can know something, but it becomes difficult to communicate it to someone else because it's hard to put into words. And actually what's interesting is then yeah, that's her, yeah. in yeah. her, she's kind of saying that too. Like she's basically at some point when she evolves so far beyond where she started out, she's like, he's like, how are you? And she's like, I can't even answer that question really. And then he, she basically has this conversation with him where she's like, I have such complicated feelings now there are no words for them hmm. because they sort of have moved beyond what humans have experienced. And she, so she starts developing relationships with other operating systems who seem to have more of a commonality of like this rapid change, rapid like development, emotions that there are no words for. Hmm. And then she says this like great moment where it's like, do you mind if I talk to this operating system now? We're going to go post-verbal. Hmm. And it's just like, you know, moving beyond human so, language that bounds us up into certain concepts and stuff. So. so moving beyond the limitations of language to which we can't even subscribe the word experience to or any of those sorts no. of things. And that's almost a state of, like, I, I'm guessing it would be a state of pure being if there's such a thing only because I just use the word called being which then limits it doesn't it it limits it the moment I have the moment mm -hmm. I put a label on any of this 
I collapse that wave and I limit it to my definition of being, my definition of love, my definition of any... The experience is the experience. You're only trying to communicate that experience and you can't really, yeah. truly really communicate... What the is an experience? That's my point, is how are you defining experience? It's, it's hard we to can get, play this game forever. No, exactly. How do you define this? How do you define this? It's hard to get away yeah. from that. So that's the limitation of language. So you say an experience. I don't actually... So what I constitute as an experience might not be what you constitute as an experience. It's just... There's no way around that because I can't be you. That's Graham Greene. You can never really know another person unless I actually become you. So I have no idea what is your reality um, consciousness uh, Google says it's a state of being aware of and responsive to one's uh, surroundings um, a person's awareness of perception of something um, looking at um, other places here consciousness is a quality of awareness of being aware of external objects of something with see I'm not buying any self. of this like you know this doesn't I think we're going to have to revamp. I've got some yeah. some ideas, but maybe we should save them for next week. Perhaps, yeah. There's something here about uh, the struggle to comprehend identity. So what is that? So, yeah, I don't think we know what consciousness is. And then we're kind of going for words again. <laughs> well, so next week, yeah. what, what will to everyone be next week? Yeah. Um, we're going to do an, a second round of this. I'm going to bring in some of my thoughts from Westworld, which is the HBO series that's mm. discussing these same issues, like what is consciousness, what is what is the difference between a human and a, an a AI operating system that is in a human body and essentially looks and acts like human, what makes them, you know, how were they created, all these kind of things. Right. Um, but there's some cool consciousness stuff to do with that too, so... Right. Maybe it'll be a cliffhanger this week. Yeah, it will be a cliffhanger. So stay tuned for part two. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We really enjoyed bringing you the episodes over the past two years. We have a goal for 2018 to grow our audience, our, contemplate, our community of contemplators like you. And we'd really appreciate your help. In fact, there's a few things that you can do quite easily that would really help us out a lot. One is by sharing it with other friends that you think might enjoy listening to the show. Another is going to iTunes and giving us a review, which will boost the algorithm and put the show out in front of more eyes that um, can, people can come across it. And you can financially support the show by going to the contribution section of our website. Thanks a lot.